Hello and welcome to another episode of No Room for Doubt. I love saying that. My name is Kyra Matthews and I am your most humbled host. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for being here with me. I help stylists, photographers and designers overcome self-doubt so they can build unshakable confidence and create more money, more impact and more creative freedom. Mmm, so elusive. I feel like I should have a Beyonce track just like burst into song after every time I say that because it's so epic and legendary. It's just juicy. Anyway, before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you a story of how I started this business helping creatives and helping, you know, my people, essentially stylists. I knew I kind of wanted to coach and help um, creatives for a while. And it was the beginning of lockdown where I really started doing loads of different interviews with different stylists and different assistants. I was like, if I'm going to build this business, I want it to be built on great foundations. And so I really want to know what my peers and styling um, and design are struggling with. And a lot of them came back with the same story. So I spoke to stylists in LA, New York, Berlin, London, all different levels, been in the industry for varying amounts of time. And one thing that kept on coming up in all of our conversations was, I want to get signed by an agent. I see it in my future for myself, but I don't know how to do it. Like, what should be in my portfolio? I don't even like my portfolio. How do I make that first move? How, what do I say in the email? I only have one chance. It has to be perfect. And there was so much pressure on getting this first email right that most of the time people weren't even sending that introductory email to the agent because there was this huge story or myth of being afraid to introduce yourself and share your work and share your portfolio. So me being me, I decided to go and debunk some myths and I have an agent on here today to answer all of those questions. What I really intend this podcast to do is to get to the bottom of those thoughts that you have about not being good enough and not being worthy and feeling like signing an agent is out of your reach. Sure, you might listen to this podcast and decide, There's some things you're going to work on before you reach an agent, but I want you to listen to an open heart and open mind and know that what you want is out there. It is possible for for you. So what you'll get from this episode is you'll learn what it takes to stand out as a stylist when it comes to signing with your first agent, advertising clients, or getting commercial works, why building relationships is as important as building your portfolio, And also we talk about a business that didn't quite make it through lockdown. Spoiler alert, it's a bakery. (laughs) So without further ado, I'd like to welcome my guest, Ali Clute. Alison, thank you so much for joining me on the show. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you. How are you? I'm really well. It feels like we're coming to the end of quarantine at the time of recording this. So I feel like I'm more optimistic than I have been in a while. 
yeah, I'm feeling the same now. Things are going the right way, aren't they? Totally. And I'm seeing people get back to shooting and start getting outside more. And yeah, it's just a really exciting time. So for the listeners who don't know who you are, would you introduce yourself? Could you tell us what you do? Sure, sure. Um, so I'm Ali Cleet. I run the stylist division at A&R um, Creative, which is a photographic style and production agency. And we're based in London. Amazing. And what do you think you'd say you love most about your job? Um, I think sort of, well, the people I work with, I love my colleagues so much. We're like a second family. Um, and I love talking to clients. Um, I actually miss those days of sort of, um, you know, being on the phone, sort of because, you know, people aren't on the phone as much as they used to be. But I try still to do that because I think there's something in that and makes it more personable. Um, and I think just being around lots of creative, colourful content, you know, and, and just being able to sort of, you know, every day be with photography and styling and talk fashion and, you know, it, it brings a bit of lightness to life. Yeah, totally. I agree. I feel like styling is such an important part of the industry. I feel like sometimes there's a lot of focus on these celebrity designers, but styling is often like our first introduction to fashion. Like I know as a child, like I would look at catwalk shows and read magazines and adverts and it's always the image, the fantasy of fashion, which excites me the most. Yeah, I think like the same for me when I was a kid. I mean, I grew up because my dad was a fashion designer. So we sort of grew up in, in that um, world. But fashion was very important. And he, I mean, I used to get, I don't get dressed in Kenzo anymore, but I got dressed <laughs> in, in Kenzo as a child. <laughs> my tastes have changed now. But I, you know, so, it, and I actually, funny enough, didn't like that. I used to sort of, I had my own vision for what I used to, you know, want to wear. But my mum and my dad had their own vision. And they used to, I remember going, you know, to, Bond Street. I mean, I was very, now I know how lucky I was. Yeah. Probably why I, um, you know, I, I go a bit more high street nowadays and a little bit of designer, a little bit of matches, a little bit of, you know, my Teresa. But it's just, um, yeah, I think, um, you know, I've just been in that creative world. And I think that is what sort of started me off wanting to be in the industry. Um, yeah, so I love it. Amazing. And I love that you had that introduction from a really young age because I think it's so rare. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I don't think you realise how blessed you are. You just go to your dad's office, you do, yeah. you know, you just another day at work for them. But you, you don't actually realise, you know, that, that, you know, you actually had quite a cool dad. <laughs> totally. So I would love to know, how do you think A&R Creative is different from other creative agencies? Um, I think firstly you know it's our experience we've been established for 26 years um, we have very close relationships with many of our clients which um, you know it is a great thing we can just call them up chat we make appointments easily we can you know find out plans for their next shoot when they're planning what they're planning so we always you know we, ha we have that relationship that we it's more of a friends thing because you know we've been around for 26 years we, we know a lot of the the key people in the industry and and obviously it's changing all the time and I think you know that's a you know a great thing um we also are quite a small agency so we've always sort of you know ma made it that way we're more of a boutique agency so we can give all our talent and the clients 100 percent 
you know, we're not so big that we, we can't manage, you know, the artists um, expectations or the um, or the clients expectations. So it, it's a very sort of, we're very hands on. Um, and I just think that makes it quite special. So yeah. um, and I think that's a nice thing for for stylists because they can, you know, come in and feel part of that. And I think that's one of the things that's always said about us and the artists always say is that we are like a family and you sort of come into that A&R family and, and you become, you know, part of that. Um, and, I, and I think that's really important because you just have to be able to, you know, I do feel like I have a lot of other children. <laughs> apart, from, apart from the two that I've got, I do feel like, you know, I am like mother hen looking after all the, this lovely, talented stylists um, and people that care and love what they do. And they just, you know, want to be guided. Totally. So that's what I do. <laughs> I love that you describe it as like being a family, because when I'm speaking to creatives, often they feel or when they're starting out in the industry, they often feel alone. Like it's them, their styling, and they're up against the whole world, up against all these other stylists. So I can totally see the attraction of working with an agency like yours, where it's like, no, there is actually this community that you come into and it's loving and it's not just that transitional, you know, 100 pound a day sort of relationship which I feel like can be really missing from some areas of fashion yeah I think I also I think when you're self-employed there is a loneliness you know there is something where you are by yourself and that's why you know agencies exist also to to give you know support to to the stylists um and any artist that's freelance um and you you need to feel that you're part of something you know it's, it's the same as when you live alone you just some you know some people love living alone but other people just don't you know they want to be part of something and you know I I'm not just an agent that is um you know getting work I'm an agony aunt I'm you know a lot of other things I am a mother I am you know all these other roles in life um because you know stylists and freelance people need that support Totally. I 100% agree with that. And so I would love to know just if there's anyone listening and wondering, this sounds great. I would love to sign with an agency. How does a stylist or, you know, a photographer know that they're ready to approach an agency or start to seek out representation? I think you're, I think you're ready when you have your portfolio ready, when you're ready to go out there because there's a lot of groundwork to do you don't just sort of join an agency they do all the groundwork for you you know you have to do that especially nowadays where the industry has changed and evolved um I think you know the most important thing is to really get a real varied portfolio of work that contains shoots and is consistent shows your experience um and and the most important thing is also to show your style you need to know exactly who you are what your style is. I mean, obviously that evolves and changes every season, different colors, different looks or whatever. Um, you know, you can go and see a client, you know, one season and then you have like another three or four shoots to show with, with you know, forecasting what's going to be next. And, and you go back and say, you know, the agent will call the client and say, look, they've got new work in their portfolio. Can you, you know, can they pop in and say hi? You know, and um, I, I think it's sort of, that's that's how it, it sort of starts um 
the work needs to be sort of put into a portfolio, you know, categorized, put it on your iPad. I think photographers sort of now is very visual mm. and still need a book, but style wise, stylist, an iPad is fine. Um, and I think, um, you know, just to get everything running and put it into categories. So I think editorial is very important. Um, it says who you are. I think the editorial side of a stylist really showcases what they're about. But obviously, our industry runs a lot on high streets, um, you know, in London nowadays. Sure. You know, obviously, we have designers and, you know, those sort of... Um, Know, Stella McCartney or whoever it is other designers but there is a lot of high street brands um you know whether it's Topshop or you know whoever, whoever it is you need to be able to show that sort of advertising commercial side what I say is when you get your portfolio together not to I always sort of say to the stylist put the category as advertising do your editorial have your advertising, you know, because a lot of people call it commercial, which it is more commercial work. Yeah. But I think advertising is a stronger word to use. Um, and then you may have other sections like celebrity, you may do lingerie and swimwear. So you can do PDFs, get lots of PDFs. So you could have your portfolio maybe of just your editorial work, but then you can say, I have, would you like to see a PDF of my advertising work? And you can show all your brand work. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of shoots and plus size. I have you know, clients asking for, um, have you got PDFs or anything to show on stylists on plus size um, models or shoots that they've done? Um, so there's lots of categories that it can be put into. Um, and I think you've got to, that's where the sales sort of side of it comes into. So I think when you've got all that ready, then is the time to sort of, you know, approach an agent. Um, I think sort of obviously some stylists find themselves working more on films and TV. Um, you know, there's, there's different areas that, that, you know, stylists can go into. So you sort of have to make that choice or maybe naturally it may fall, you know, in, into that section. Um, I think if you're assisting a stylist, you may naturally find that after a period of time, you feel ready to take the leap into styling rather than, um, you know, assisting. But again, you need to be in a place where your portfolio is ready. So I think the most important thing is not to rush. I think, you know, um, I think that's really, really important. And I'm, I meet stylists and assistants wanting an agent all the time. I'm really happy to meet people um, and, and, you know, have a half an hour chat. But my advice is always to make sure that they've done a lot of the groundwork, contact as many photographers and potential clients as they can. You know, obviously we do that too. But I think to help you, you know, if you know the main players of who's shooting around at the moment, then I think that's really good. And I think not to rush to get an agent, you know, agents aren't going anywhere. There's always time. And we take 20% from an artist fee, you know, to make our money. So you, not to be hasty in your decision to join an agency. I think wait, you know, until you need the sort of lift to the next level. Um, I think sometimes, you know, a stylist maybe is you know so busy they just can't do their own invoicing and marketing so yeah. they may want, want an agent you know for that reason and that's where we come in but I think you just have to make sure that you've you've done your groundwork you have your portfolio as I said um and you're just you're, you're ready for it yeah thank you that was such like a detailed answer and I love that shift that you made from using the word commercial to advertising because it feels so much more powerful when you say that. Like, usually I got this question from 
a listener and usually when we're using the word commercial as a stylist like naturally in our mind we feel like it's limiting we feel like I can't be as creative there the client has to tell me what to do and I just sort of follow them but when you think about your kind of purpose what you're aiming to achieve with your client you're actually advertising I feel like that is a really like subtle but powerful shift in terms of how we approach that kind of work because advertising is a large portion of our income of the industry and you know it shouldn't I don't feel like it should be knocked as this sort of lesser thing than editorial no that's right um and it brings in the money I mean that is where the money is we all need money to live and I think you know nowadays focuses have changed you know 10-15 years ago you could think about sort of focusing a lot on editorial because actually you could still make money from that there were a lot more magazines around they paid a fee now you know we've lost a lot of our magazines a lot of magazines are online which is amazing because it's it's creative content being being um shot all the time so for creative people that's a brilliant thing you 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 know it doesn't have to be Vogue or, or Le Ficiel or Marie Claire or anything now it can be for um, other magazines and your work will be out there and you can use that on your website to showcase and, it, and it's adding to that visual content um, and showing who you are and I think clients sort of look at that now um, it's not so important have you shot Vogue have you shot Marie Claire have you shot Elle it's now looking at the person and what they're capable of yeah totally and another really interesting thing that you touched on also is the relationships like a stylist having their own relationships and really getting out there and getting to know people because speaking to creative I got this sense that they were sort of afraid to make the first move afraid to approach brands because they felt like things weren't all ready and they almost saw an agent as like oh like I'll just get an agent agent because it's easier to talk to an agent than it is to approach a brand there's a sort of this fear of building those relationships I also think knowledge is power and you can approach an agency and you can approach a brand not necessarily with the view if you're not quite ready to sort of go and work for them straight away but I like it when I can meet artists and stylists and stylist assistants and give them advice so if you make an appointment I mean obviously you know not everyone has time and obviously we've been in this lockdown situation but um, you could meet um, with people and just find out a bit of information even if you met an agent I usually will give a bit of information that will help whether it's one or two photographers names or another company that could maybe you know approach I think you you come away with something and if you did that with four or five agencies or four or five photographers you've got lots more information and lots more leads um, for yourself and I think that's um, that's really helpful so it, it can take a year or two it doesn't have to happen overnight you know it and it doesn't always happen overnight but I think if you can get as much knowledge together and much you know do your background work then you're in a much stronger position going forward and I think to be hungry for it too you know to want to do it not to be that person that sort of says you know is a is a bit lazy about it and think it's going to come to them you really have to fight nowadays for everything we all do totally I love that So when it comes to the talent that you have, would you say that you are 
you look for talent or do they just approach you? What would you say is your agency's sort of approach in that regard? I think it's a mix. I mean, Instagram is a big, um, you know, a big platform now. Um, we are, I mean, I just spend my whole time on it in bed. Yeah, <laughs> guilty of that breakfast, too. Stopping in the car, <laughs> you know, everything, every, every, every minute you're on it, aren't you? And also LinkedIn, I'm finding actually even more so um, during the lockdown time, have we all been on, on LinkedIn? You know, we've found out what, who, you know, what people are doing and who, who's moved. People are posting their work more. Um, so I do have an, my eye out on, on stylists. I, I look, um, you know, at, at other people's shoots. I'm always looking on photographer sites. I'm looking on studios. I look at, I look at who's doing what, who the stylist was. You know, do they have an agent? Um, you might approach them that way. Some, you know, we get a lot of emails every day. We get a lot of emails, um, people asking, and, and it's not just from London, it's worldwide. And sometimes we will take someone from worldwide. I mean, the travel isn't there like it used to be at all. But if it works and you get a good feeling, then I think, you know, that's the way. And sometimes, you know, we'll get London College of Fashion. We'll have um, students come and work with us or assist that way um, and you start relationships I think it's building relationships sometimes I'll meet a stylist um, they're not right for the agency or they may not be right at that time yeah. but we stay in contact and sometimes a shoot might come up that, that's right for them I've had interior stylists come and see me because I love interiors I don't look after anyone anymore <laughs> that, that does interiors we used yeah. to but I still love it. And sometimes, you know, a client may ask us, do you have any, and we say no, but we know somebody. So we'll, you know, we'll work that way. Yeah. Um, we start relationships. There's, there's lots of stylists and stylist assistants who are just build up relationships with um, agencies, stay in touch with them. And, you know, sometimes organically that relationship just grows and they'll take them on eventually. And, you know, and that way. And I think that's very important. You know, stylist assistants are, are, crucial crucial mm. good ones totally I agree and I think that I love that you just said that because I feel like as an assistant there is a sense that you can feel disposable like moving from shoots to shoots especially if you're not like a first where you're assisting someone like all the time so I feel like it's like looking at fashion and looking at styling like building relationships like an assistant building relationship with stylists stylists building relationships with brands and agents it feels a lot more whole and you feel like you are starting to build this community and network instead of just like jumping from person to person yeah and I think you know you you're okay you have the stylist you have the stylist assistant but you know that stylist has to steam on shoots the assistant has to steam on shoots. I think everybody just has to be respectful of each other, help each other. That's what the world's made of. And I think, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're, you know, you have that platform and you just feel that way, then everything just happens on a very respectful level. Nobody is, you know, higher than anybody else. You know, just everybody has to be on a shoot to help each other. You just have a job to do. And that, that job has to be done and how you do it you know you just have to have to make it a good nice you know a nice day for everybody and um yeah totally and I feel like we've kind of touched on this but I want to go deeper on this 
what qualities do you think a stylist has to have, like their personal qualities to be at the top of their game? Um, I think a positive attitude gets you everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and I also think you need to be hardworking, um, not to be the person who's sort of, you know, tutting when, when you're asked to steam or pin <laughs> something or, um, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're an assistant or you're a remain stylist, you know, I think um, you just have to really get in there and get their hands dirty. And I think, um, you know, we, we have um, a lot of feedback from our stylists about how attentive they are on shoots. You know, once they're on set, you know, they're, they're just 100 percent there. There's no sort of like, you know, not taking their eye off the focus. Yeah you know of, of what what needs to be done and if it's pinning or something then they're 100 and it's being being there you know and and being focused on that set all the time um i think it's sort of very important to be understanding and adaptable because you're dealing with many different people and personalities on a shoot and it's all for and team doesn't gel mm. um you don't want to be the one that's complained about if you're the person that's still smiling and working hard when the shoot sort of overrunning by an hour and not moaning about wanting overtime you're more likely going to be rebooked right totally um and also i think to be discreet you know not discussing fees on shoots because it does happen you know not letting on that you were up partying all night because it does happen <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i just think being stoic and you know just just stoic and focused and um yeah and po positive and hardworking. i think they're my they're my main uh, my main adjectives <laughs> i love that list um something that came up when you were just saying that is how would you say how does a stylist or an assistant bridge the gap between giving and being present and like really like over delivering on that service and then creating maybe boundaries around like because I know that I've been on really busy shoots where it's like you know it's so busy that you're just not eating and sometimes like that's fine because you're like just so in the game that you know nothing else really matters but how does like a creative bridge the gap between like over delivering and setting sort of healthy boundaries around working and staying where staying late and doing extra work do you think I think you have to always be hardworking and be that person that, you know, can stay an extra hour. I mean, obviously, it's not always possible. Um, I mean, generally, on set, it's quite chilled. I've always found most sets, not always, and it depends if it's video or there's a, how much there is to get into a day. And obviously, nowadays, there is a lot more shots being done. The shot count is crazy compared Shut to, you know, it used to be like eight to 10 shoot shots in a day. You now could be doing, you know, 40 or 50 or 60. You know, it's crazy. Um, but I think you just have to um, be very focused you know, know where your boundaries are, know that you're there to, to style or assist, um, make sure you do that. And then, you know, generally there is lunch, <laughs> you know, for an hour or half yeah. an hour where everybody sits down and has a chat and everything. But I think you just have to, you have to be able to multitask and I think you have to just use your time wisely. Mm. Um, and I think, you know a lot of clients nowadays or a lot of artists do have regular clients so obviously they know what to expect yeah totally um
but I think that where that where this all changes is when you go on a trip because right. you need sunlight or daylight or well, you know whatever you need you know or dusk or whenever you're shooting and and that whole you know eight nine hour day goes yeah um and I think sometimes there are artists that are fine with that and sometimes there are those that aren't and I think our industry has changed and I think you sort of have to be fine with it Totally. Um, and it can be exhausting and I know that our stylists when they're on trips I mean they work so so hard um, and they it's not that chilled sort of um, day where you know you, you don't have that many shots or you're just all in the studio taking it easy and and you can be in in you know 80 90 degree heat totally and, and they're and, trying to do shots and then video and then moving image and you're just yeah. like and you're you know you're dragging those clothes everywhere and yeah. you know it, it's it's hard it really is hard people think it's glamorous and uh i think it's not though yeah. <laughs> i agree i don't think lugging suitcases is glamorous but part of the job and a part that i love anyway <laughs> and good for your muscles Totally. Like all, most of my strength comes from styling and like steaming in weird places with my arms. <laughs> so one thing that you're really touching on really quite strongly here is about being adaptable and being malleable, like to whatever, you know, like that day or that client kind of throws at you and just really being open to it changing and it looking however it looks. So what I'd like to ask you next is when um, we think about how lockdown has shaped the industry and how COVID has completely put large parts of fashion to a complete halt. How do you think this moment will shape how you work with your stylist and how you work with talent in the future? I think um, for us at A&R, it's made us even more determined to get every artist working again. Um, you know, we went into lockdown and everything stopped. That's pretty major for any industry so we now have to build that again there sadly has been some brand casualties which is going to have a knock-on effect for everybody because there'll be less work out there um, teams are limited now so you know we've started shooting again and I can say thank goodness most of the stylists are back working now in fact, they're all working in some capacity, whether it's editorial or not, but their regular clients have come back. So mm. it's great for that because not everybody, you know, that's happened. Yeah. Um, so we are lucky in that respect. Um, but the teams, as I said, are limited. You know, that there aren't hair and makeup on a lot of, you know, shoots still at the moment. Mm. Um, I'm sure that will come back. Um, obviously wearing PPE now so we have to make sure there's lots of rules and regulations with with all that side of things um, and I think things like prep you know on shoots that invo involve buying clothes first is going to take longer than usual you know whereas you'd be in and out of a shop and you could buy lots in a day you know you're going to have to queue outside <laughs> now I mean or you do online and you know things are taking longer or things are taking longer to return so the whole process of a shoot is going to generally, unless you're in an in and out and, and the clothes are being provided, it's going to take longer, especially on advertising shoots, which, sure. you know, there's preps, shoot, you know, shoot days, returns. 
So I, I think sort of, you know, long term, I would like to think that we will bounce back because I think if there's ever an industry that bounces back from any knockdowns is the fashion industry. Totally. But um, it will be a slow process. And um, I think until sort of September, October, when furloughing's over and companies can really see where they are, no one's going to really know who's surviving and who's not surviving. Yeah, yeah. So I agree. This is completely not fashion related, but it still broke my heart. But <laughs> yesterday, my partner told me that Greg's has just shut down. And no. Like, yeah. No, that's upset me. Great. It's upsetting. That really is. That really is. Yeah. But you know who's doing well? Who? Wenzel's. Wenzel's. I don't know that brand. Who are they? No, Wenzel's on the brand. Wenzel's are, um, are a bakery. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I think I'm definitely missing out. <laughs> laugh. Oh, dear. That's so fun. But, yeah, um, apparently the vegan sausage rolls didn't save Greg's. I'm oh, very surprised because that. they were so popular. <laughs> I'm sad now because I don't eat meat. So that was like my one little uh, treat now and then. Yeah. Oh, so fun. So I want to talk about assistance now. Yeah. And some, a lot of people who are listening to the show, like they've been in the industry for a little while assisting and they feel like, you know, they're getting a good grip on how it works, how to work with clients and et cetera. What would you, what advice would you give to someone who's assisting and they're like, okay, I want to get my first advertising client. Like I want to really try work with a brand and build up their identity and build that relationship. What would you say is your advice to an assistant moving out on their own? I think it takes time. Um, I think, you know, it's very important to assist as many different stylists as you can and get as much um, sort of practice behind you and have lots of different experiences to know what's right, wrong, what you like, what you don't like. Mm-hmm. Whilst on the side, doing a portfolio, getting a portfolio together of yourself, um, you could start with sort of styling your own shoots on your days off and your weekends with newer photographers, yeah. um, photog- other photographer assist- assistants you meet or, or you know can hook up with through Insta or wherever it is. Also working with photographers. Sometimes um, photographers are starting up a new like online magazine or platform or something of their own. Um, don't have budgets. They want somebody to help them that can pull in. Um, so I think that's a good a good way of doing it also I think having an affiliation with a magazine is really important I think this editorial thing I always come back to but I do think it's really important to get that going because that does help you to get the advertising work because you can produce editorials quickly or content quickly of some sort whether it is you sell it to a magazine or you don't and I think you need your portfolio to be of a good level to then be able to get those money jobs. And the PRs, I mean, PRs are crucial for any stylist and stylist assistant. The great thing about assisting is that you um, build up a relationship mm. with the PRs. Totally. And then when you need to pull a favour, you know, you, you have that contact. They do move quite quickly, move around quite a lot of PRs. Yeah. 
but I think they are your um I think they're part of your bible you know your yeah. your stylist everyday go-to um because it, even sometimes when you have advertising shoots you know you might need to borrow a, a bag or a belt or some accessories uh, and you could call up at an hour PR and say, look, I know it's not for an editorial, it's for this, but can you help me out here? You, you need that. You need to have that. So I think that's really important. And also PRs do lookbooks and PR shoots. Um, they, ha- they, they are, you know, and they don't always want to go through an agency. Their, their budgets aren't always big. So I think PRs are a really, really good way and and a good relationship one that you really really need to um build um one of the things i do want to say that there is an etiquette i think and on a shoot because obviously with an assistant it can be tricky with the client they don't really know what to say or what to you know if they can they talk to the client or not of course they can talk to the client but we have had instances where assistants will give their phone number on the side or you know if that that's not a cool thing to do I think there has to be some sort of etiquette etiquette on on a shoot and you have to sort of build your own class you know your own your own contacts and be respectful to the stylist that you're working for yeah I totally agree and it sounds that seems like a pretty wild thing to do actually (laughs) to be assisting someone and be like oh hey like actually I would rather work with you instead like but I think that this is what I'm saying to you or the advice I would give to your listeners yeah not to be in such a rush not to be too desperate yeah because it will come and you know if you're working on a brand shoot it takes time that stylist you're working for has spent years working either in a fashion cupboard and assisting other people to get where they are now and I think as an assistant it will happen if you want it to happen but you've just got to do it the right way totally totally thank you for sharing that um and I loved how you touched on the relationships with the PRs because I definitely feel like that's one thing that I've really gained from working with different stylists is just being able to be really versatile in what I can offer a stylist and like what I can produce. Like if like we suddenly have a menswear shoot, like I already have those contacts and relationships in place. And sometimes like they're shooting in LA and it's like which brands can get there the fastest and just being an assistant who has that bank of contact contacts and, you know, is able to like work globally to support like a stylist or support a team. I think truly that is really invaluable as well. I think that that little black book is something that comes with time Mm. and it's something that we as agents need, an assistant needs, a stylist needs, a photographer needs. It's it it comes and to do it, you know, friendships are a great way to, you know, to meet people, aren't they? Just generally in life, you know, the, the, the more people, you know, the more people you can call upon. But, yeah. you know, different things, you know, in, in, and if you need, you know, something from, you know, for a menswear shoot or you need something for a swimwear shoot or, you know, a jewellery shoot, you, you need to, you know, go to your little black book, think who can help you out. And that comes with time and experience. 
it doesn't happen straight away. So the more you get yourself out there, more people you meet, more appointments you make, mm. we're all going to have to do a lot more Zoom calls. <laughs> yeah. But people are fine with that, you know. Um, so I think that that helps a lot. That's a way to do it. Yeah, amazing. Thank you for your time on this call. I think you've shared like so much like gorgeous stuff and you've really inspired me now. Like I miss, you've made me really miss being on set and miss just the drama and sometimes the chaos. Like now I'm really missing it. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I can't wait for it all to get back to how it was and, and get going again and speaking to all the, you know, all the clients and, um, yeah I can't wait for all that to happen again totally so I wanted to ask do you have any lasting words of wisdom or anything you want to touch back on that you want to leave our listeners with today I think the, the most important thing is just to realize that when the time is right it will happen mm. don't rush it and I'll just add to enjoy the process because I think fashion is a magical, wonderful industry and there's so much fun to be had if you're open to it. You know, one of the things I've learned through lockdown, when it all started, I felt a little bit guilty that actually I work in fashion. I need to be working out there doing, you know, something different. But actually, as lockdown's gone on, I've realized that you can obviously do charity work and these other things that run alongside, but we're actually quite blessed. And I feel quite blessed to be in this industry, to have something that just sort of takes you away from the strains of life sometimes um, that you can just, you know, be surrounded by this lovely creative, you know, images and, talking about colors and you know the latest you know shoes or what trainers you're going to get or you know actually it's not a bad a bad um, way to make a living totally I 100% agree and I think I was in a similar place where I was like I should I should have been a doctor or like I you know how can I help in this time like I just know how to draw and like pick clothes and I think the same with me. I totally just came into this place where I was like, fashion is like, a, supports a global economy. Like we, what we do here in London or in any other city, New York, Berlin, like it supports a global economy, financially, culturally, in all other ways. And I think, yeah, I felt just really grateful to be able to add to that color, to add to the tapestry and the history of the world because we need culture and we need art like as humans to survive and get yeah. through some of our darkest times absolutely and I think now we're gonna have that burning desire to you know work hard again and you know whether it's London Fashion Week and all the other fashion weeks you know they're going to you know work hard at getting back and being able to have a an audience you know and not be just online like it's going to be for a bit and um, so let's just hope there isn't a second wave let's just hope this time next year you know our industry is buoyant again and new brands and um, you know um, some of those that are on the brink have been saved that's what I'm hoping yeah 
Thank you so much, Ali, for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me as your guest. And it has been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. And I'm sure the listeners will get so much from this episode. Definitely let Ali know if you enjoyed what she shared today. And yeah, we'll chat soon. Thanks so much. Hey, you creative. Are you just about done feeling stressed out about money? Are you over comparing yourself to your friends and scrolling through Instagram just feeling shit as you look at everybody else's accomplishments? Well, it might be time to book in a call with me and let's explore what it will look like for us to work together. I've helped so many of my clients overcome the comparison, overcome their self-doubt, and now they never look back. They're able to work on the creative projects of their dreams. And you know what? I want the exact same for you. So if you are interested, you need to go to www.kyramatthews.com forward slash book a call and book a free 30 minute consultation with me now. That's www.kyramatthews.com forward slash book a call to get your free consultation with me now. I can't wait to chat to you. Thank you.